Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. But the Lord put strongly on my heart the two things we're kind of teaching on Wednesday night, the sign of the times, and then growing up spiritually. You say, well, we've got to grow up into this. Not just wait around for it to happen. No, we've got to grow up into this. Now, we, we used Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not going to read all I read last week. But the one portion of Scripture in verse 14 of Ephesians 4, this is speaking of the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher that is given to you, that is a gift of God to you in order to grow you up so that you can recognize and realize what your part is in the work of the ministry. Amen. Now it says this, verse 14, that henceforth we be no more children. Everybody say children. children. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to, uh, to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up. Everybody say grow up. Into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we're growing up. We're growing up spiritually. Everybody say, we're growing up spiritually. Say it again. Now, last week we started, we, we, just like in the natural, there's three stages of growth and development. In the natural, there's, there's babyhood, there's childhood. We know there's adolescence, and there's also adulthood. Same thing's true spiritually. There's, there's, there's that babyhood stage. That's what we talked about last week, how babies are, they're so innocent. Amen. You can't, you can't blame a baby for nothing. They're just a baby. Babies are dependent. Amen. They tend to want to uh, eat and digest anything they can get their hands on. They make messes. Amen. But thank God there are those growing up in the kingdom of God that know how to take care of the babies. And you can grow out of, you can grow out of, baby stage, uh, out of, out of that uh, baby stage pretty quick uh, just by coming to church, reading your Bible, praying, and obeying God. Amen? But now today, we're going to, and we may spend a couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks on this. This is the childhood stage. And sad to say, even in the natural, a lot of people, you know, 40, 50 years old, still living like a child. If that's you, then, then, you know, what one preacher said years ago, if that rubs the fur uh, the wrong way, turn the cat around. <laughs> Amen. But you don't need to be a child all your life. It's time to grow up. Everybody says it's time to grow up. And in the kingdom of God, it's the same way. There's been a lot of people that have remained in a childhood state. That's why they're so unstable. That's why they drift from church to church to church. That's why they get so easily offended. That's why all of these different things that are unique to being a, a, a child or the childhood state. Is that me echoing like that? Fix that or I'll pick up the mic. How's that? Is that better? Is it rubbing on my shirt? No? Okay. How's that? Is that better? Okay, praise God. All these things that relate, uh, relate to childhood state, number one, you've got to recognize them and recognize that you are in that state or you'll never grow out of it. You know, Lee and I, when we first went into ministry, uh, the Lord really gave us some really unique things that were successful. And I remember sitting at a table uh, with an individual who had a wonderful ministry that was, it, it was a missionary ministry. It was affecting many nations at the wor of, of the world. And, and I guess Lee and I may have been married we were married three years. I had been in the ministry five years. 
Now, as we sat at the table, we had just finished a, a, a series of meetings with them in which we had great success in another nation of, of the world. And I'm telling you, we had people saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. It was obvious the hand of the Lord was upon that meeting. Now, at that, at that particular dinner meeting, we were asked to come into leadership of this ministry. And when asked to come into the leadership of the ministry, I refused. I said, no, I, I, I can't do it. And the reason I did, and the reason I refused it, because I've sat on many missionary boards, church boards, uh, evangelistic ministry boards, but the reason that at that time uh, I said no uh, to this particular individual was because I knew I wasn't I wouldn't grown up enough yet for it. I, I still had a lot of childishness in my life. Still had a lot of childhood things that I was dealing with in my life and in my ministry. And I realized and recognized, no, I, I, I'm not grown up, up enough to sit uh, on the board of this ministry because of the responsibility and because of all that it's doing in the nations. And sure enough, I was right. I wasn't ready to do it. Listen, you got to recognize. Every one of us need to recognize there are areas in our life in which we must grow up and grow out of things that inhibit the kingdom of God from truly coming into true manifestation in our life. Listen, God wants your light burning bright. God wants you to be so salty. People say, well, people will think we're nuts. Well, we're salty nuts. So, everybody say childhood couple of things, two or three things that are unique in the childhood state. Unreliable. Have you ever noticed how children sometimes tend to be a little unreliable? Amen. I left many a project at our house, mowing the lawn, fixing the fence, doing this or that, because the surf was up. Of course, Alan never did. It was always me. <laughs> Amen. I'm always tickled when I drive around like on a Saturday morning and you drive by a house and you see a, a, a yard that, that where there's a lawnmower and it's kind of sitting there and the lawnmower's kind of going around three or four times and then the lawnmower's sitting there and nobody's mowing the yard. Usually that's a kid mowing the yard that mom and dad have gone off to do something else and they figured out mom and dad's gone, so they're off. They're go, they went fishing, playing baseball, doing something else. Child, unreliable. Amen. You need to become, listen, very reliable in the kingdom of God. Prayer, study of the Word of God, coming to church. There needs to be a reliability about you. It is a sign of your maturity. I love all these saints that are just, you know, uh, they're, they're what I call low maintenance. You say, what do you mean by low maintenance? They're just as steady as the sun coming up and the sun going down. They're going to come to every service. They're going to be at prayer. They're going to be worshiping God. They give. They tithe. They want to go on missions trips. They want to do, listen, they want to be active in the kingdom of God. You've got to realize and recognize we are living in the day in which passive Christianity will not be rewarded. Let me say that again. Passive Christianity will not be rewarded it doesn't mean that you might not be healed or you might not be blessed. It's that there's the ultimate reward that God wants to give those that are active in the kingdom of God. So everybody say reliability. Check up on your reliability. You may need to, to, to grow up a little bit. How about curiousness? You ever notice how curious kids are? All you got to do is bring a box in the house and set it on the counter and say, don't open that. <laughs> Amen. I mean, uh, they'll open. I did. I'll just go ahead and confess. I hated Christmas because I couldn't stand to look at those presents under the tree. I'm still kind of like that today. 
<laughs> Leah still tries to hide presents, hide gifts. I can remember unwrapping them and wrapping them back up, looking in the closet, trying to follow my mom around to see what she was. There's just a curiosity. And listen, curiosity can get you in real trouble spiritually. Well, I'm going to go check out this doctor. I'm going to go check out that doctor. I'm going to check out this doctor. Let's see what everybody's saying. You may not need to hear what everybody's saying because what everybody's saying may not be true. Curiosity can get you in trouble. Listen, there are books with Christian titles you should not read. There are events that are taking place that you should not go to. Because if you go to that out of curiosity, you may pick up a spirit and get that spirit on you, and that spirit may torment you the rest of your life, but you may think it's part of your spirituality. Did you know that's what a religious spirit will do to you? Did you know a religious spirit can get on your life and you'll think what you're doing is so spiritual? Man, you'll think, man, I'll tell you, I'm knocking the ball out of the park. But in reality, you're deceived. Your curiosity got you in trouble. You went somewhere where some old somebody calling themselves a prophet. They usually always call themselves a prophet. But sometimes it's an apostle or something like that. And they could care less about local pastors and, and local churches. And, and they go off and rent some ballroom somewhere. And they get everybody there and try, to, and try to get them all fired up on their doctrine. And you can pick up a spirit in that. And that thing can keep you bouncing from church to church, ministry to ministry. You never become reliable. And you're always unsettled because of your curiosity. Let me help you. If you're curious, there's someone you can ask to help you satisfy your curiosity. You say, who is that? His name is the Holy Ghost. He abides on the inside of you. He empowers you. And if you're curious, a lot of things I'm curious about, but I go to the Word and I trust my guide. Amen. And then there's, listen, there, there, there are things that you do when you're a kid uh, that you kind of grow out of. I gave this illustration in the... In the uh, First service. The other day I was working in the garage, and, and oh, I don't know, it must have been, what, maybe 20 years ago, I bought this big old skateboard. It's about that big. It's got these big old wheels on it. It's fun to ride. And so I thought, I'll just, you know, I'll just take the skateboard. and and Because uh, back in the day, uh, you can ask Alan. Alan uh, Al and I used to get up, get up on a Saturday morning. There's no surf. We'd get in a car vehicle, uh, him, our dogs, all of our crazy friends, and we'd drive up to Houston. We had, we had two big drainage ditches we used to skate. It's a miracle we lived through it. It literally is. If you actually saw what we were doing, uh, it would blow you away. And then we would go uh, and look for swimming pools and River Oaks and places like that that were empty. And man, we'd just we'd spend the whole day skating. Well, I thought I'd just kick off out of here and, and make me a little ride around the driveway. And I got about a third down the driveway and the grass was there and I just dove off. And it came to me. <laughs> Amen. My, my, my physical body has outgrown this. The, the, how can you say it? Uh, the flesh is willing, but the, but the spirit is weak in that one. Amen. No, you've got to realize there are things you've got to outgrow. There are things you've got to grow up out of. And literally, you've got to be careful of the curiosity that comes in the spirit realm. You know, there's, there's, there's uh, uh, for years, I've, I've been a fisherman in this area ever since I was a little boy. My dad used to bring me uh, on Saturdays. He'd come to work. He worked here at uh, the First National Bank, was it? First National? Whatever the big bank was, he had his offices when he first started working here. First United. What bank was it? You don't even remember. Well, he'd, he'd, bring, he'd bring me down here and drop me off at the, at the flagship, and I'd go fishing. 
And so I fished there, and the friends in our church, I'd fish. I remember fishing when they, uh, down here on uh, Pelican Island, they had the quarantine station. And that's it. The, the old wooden building was still there, and we used to go down there and wade fish. But, you know, until about 10 or 12 years ago, all of the fishing I did, I did with live bait. I was a live bait fisherman. I fished with shrimp and popping cork and, and uh, live croakers. And, and, but about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, from friends here in the church and others that I met, I started fishing with lures. Now, you, lures are unique. There's no lure in your tackle box that you'll find out in the bay that is a fish food. Say, look, there, there goes a whole school of mirror lures swimming over there. They're not there. They're, 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 they're made by men in order to get the fish to respond to them out of, a, out of a reaction, a curiosity, and to get them to bite on it. Now, it, it, it stimulates, some of them stimulate feed, some of it's protection. There's all kinds of things you can read about, but in reality, it's not, it's not what it is. It's fake. Curiosity gets you into trouble. Amen? I remember talking to a... I, his name slipped me. I, 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 uh, um, what's his name? Paul Brown. I talked to him at a fishing show. Because he comes up with all these concepts of these lures. And he, he was sitting there. I actually had a little deal going. He was painting on a deal. And I asked him, I said, what kind of, you must do a lot of research and all this to figure out what exactly it is that a, that a fish wants to bite on it. He said, no. He said, really, I don't do that. He said, uh, here's the deal with the lure industry. He says, I sell lures to men. So if I can find a man that wants a lure, I can make a dollar. He said this to me, fish don't have money. <laughs> so in reality, the lure makers are not really trying to catch fish. They're trying to catch you. So you can spend the money on it. But it's designed to catch the fish out of curiosity. Amen. So watch out for the lures that the adversary tries to throw in front of your face. Now, the, one of the third traits, and we'll go back to these and look at these in a little, a little greater detail. I've got scriptures written down for each, and, and I'm trying to keep within my hour limit to, uh, to be a nice guy, but uh, we're going to break that pretty soon anyway. Amen. The third one's talkativeness. Now, talkativeness is, when you study it in the childhood state, have you ever noticed how a child can talk? Now, now, Breland, for, for instance, I'll never forget, we went flounder fishing one day, me and Leah and Breland and Alan. I'll never forget this. And we went out, we got in the boat, you know, flounder fishing takes place in the fall, and off we went, we went to our flounder fishing spots. And so Leah and I kind of got in the back of the boat, and, and, and Uncle Al and Breland were up in the front of the boat, and Breland was teaching Uncle Al how to catch flounders. And she was about three or four. And what, what, what we laughed so hard because from the time we put that anchor down to the time we pulled it up and took off running, Breland was constantly talking, constantly talking, constantly talking, just putting words together and out they'd come and most of them didn't make a lick of sense. Talkativeness. But the Bible gives us very definitive rules and he gives us criteria to understand that talkativeness many times involves three different types of speaking that are signs of a childhood state and very destructive to you as a believer and also destructive to the church that you go to, the, the brothers and sisters that you fellowship with.
The faith you're trying to exercise. Now, those three types of talking are vain talking, foolish talking, and evil talking. Vain talking, foolish talking, and evil talking. Now, one of them, vain talking, uh, if you want to look at the Scripture reference, oh, my time's almost up. It's in Titus uh, 1, let me find here, one ten. For there are many unruly and... For there are many that are unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Now, uh, literally vain talking is talking about yourself. I call it the I syndrome. I, 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 I had somebody tormenting me with some letters one time. And one time I was real frustrated. I was reading one. The Holy Ghost said to me, it was a one page, just solid words. And the Lord said, now you go and you circle every I on that page. So I did. There were 264 I's. You know what that letter was about? It was about them. Amen? I, 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 if you go study the devil, if you go study Satan, you will see that literally that is his nature. Where is it? in Either Ezekiel... Ezekiel uh, uh, 28 or Isaiah 14, one of the two right there, he says, I will ascend to the throne of God. I will ascend to the heights of the north. I will be like, uh, I will be like unto the most high. And if you go back there, look, I think there's seven or eight. I, 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 that Satan, Lucifer, actually said before he fell. Everything was about him. Listen. The more you talk about yourself, the more you reveal your selfishness. Got quiet in here. The more you talk about yourself, the more you reveal your selfishness. That's vanity. That's vain talking. I've been, listen, and don't just think because, you know, somebody is a, a preacher or a pastor. I've been around people that are in the ministry that you try to engage them in conversation and you really can't do it because all they talk about is what they're doing, where they're going, what this and what that and what this and what that. And I know there's a time to talk to people in that way, but here's the thing. You've got to make a decision not to involve yourself in vain talking where all the talking you you ever do is about yourself. Amen? And then let me mention the next one. We'll pick up with this one next week. Evil talking. This is the one where healing needs to take place. You say, evil talking? Oh, I would never involve myself in evil talking. Let me give you the definition of evil talking. This is what God calls evil talking. Evil talking is any talking that you do that reveals to others the faults and failures of other people. Anybody ever been guilty of that? Besides me. I ought to at least get a, oh no. Here's the problem with that. And we'll, we'll pick this up next week. My time is up. When you evil talk about a brother or sister, about a pastor, about a church, about when you do that, you enter into the language of the fallen world. Did you know the fallen world? Have you heard any evil talking about anyone on the news lately? Did you know this world system is saturated with evil talking? Did you know that? Did you know when you, 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 you evil talk about a brother, a sister, a, a pastor? Do you know when you do that, you lower yourself into that world system level of communication and in so doing you are subject to, for lack of a better word, amplification. 
exaggeration. From taking, you know, a story about somebody stumping their toe and by the time it's a month later, they've cut their leg off. Because the enemy's purpose, now listen to me and we'll close with this. The enemy's purpose for evil talking is to manifest a lie. If we have time, we'll do this next week. We'll go back and look in the garden and see when that enemy engaged, when that snake engaged Eve in the garden, that was evil talking. You say, well, who was he talking bad about? Who do you think? talking about about God. Can I get an amen? amen. How, many, how many believe we're going to grow up? Amen. How many believe we're going to grow up? Amen. I like to say it like this. We're going to grow up, then we're going to go up. Amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet. Let me talk to those on live stream just for a moment. If you've happened upon us on uh, just searching for a place of encouragement today or to listen to a message being preached, uh, let me just make sure that you are right with God, that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. We're not going to take it for granted that everybody watching us, because many times we have uh, several hundred people from around the world uh, that watch us. And if you've just happened upon us, we've prayed that you would. We've prayed that you found us. We want you to be saved. We want Jesus to be your Lord. It's not a complicated religious thing. It's basically you making a decision to accept Jesus for who He really is. He is your Savior. And so if you'll recognize, if you think to yourself, well, I'm a sinner, good. That's the first revelation you need. And the second one you need is that Jesus is Lord and Savior and that He can save anyone who will call upon His name. So Island Church, if you will, join with me in prayer as I pray. Pray after me and let's encourage anybody either here in the auditorium or watching us by live stream to do one of two things to either make Jesus their Lord and Savior or to come back to fellowship with God. Everyone pray this with me. Heavenly Father, right now, I publicly, openly, unashamedly confess Jesus as, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord. You love me enough to sacrifice your Son. Today, I accept His love by believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth. Heavenly Father, I am out of fellowship. I know the relationship has not been broken. But I thank you. The blood of Jesus is still fresh upon the mercy seat. And based on that, I ask forgiveness. I restore myself to fellowship. I will come back to prayer. I will come back to the Word. I will come back to church. I will be the believer God has called me to be in Jesus' name. If you prayed either one of those two prayers, come see us here at Island Church. If you're in another city, another town, pray. God will lead you to the right pastor, lead you to the right church. You will be blessed. Write us or contact us. Tell us that you got right or got saved today in Jesus' name. Praise God. Island Church, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your protection and safety this week. Thank you. No evil shall befall us. No plague come, shall come to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us as we leave today. We confess over our, our travels on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you that we are protected. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, at our jobs, in our businesses, Whatever we put our hand to, we declare it prospers. 
in Jesus' precious name. And Father, we thank you today that no traps or, tra or tricks of the enemy or wicked men, no, no trauma or terror that has tried to be produced again. It will not happen. It will not prosper. We abide under the shadow of the Most High God. Thank you also for the door of utterance. Let the fire of God be in our spirit. Let that, let that evangelism, that last day's harvest evangelism be in our hearts as we go out. So many hurting, so many confused, so many lost and undone without God. Father, let us be the light and the salt you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We leave walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness in our life. Thank you here at Island Church. We declare we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.